If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here is the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Mickey Gaffin-Stone. Good morning, everyone. I am delighted to be here with you once again. I am Mickey Gaffin-Stone, your host on Navigating Complicated Relationships here on the Inspired Choices Network. Today's topic is self-sabotage. And I know that's a hot topic, right? Everybody's talking about that. So why would I bring that to you today? Not, not you know, navigating complicated relationships, self-sabotage. Well, that's pretty complicated and it's all to do with the relationship you have with yourself. I am a board certified behavior analyst. I have a background in positive psychology, polyvagal theory. I use human design and have a strong background in that too. And I find that all of these things come together to help me understand why people do what they do how they do what they do and and what that means for them in terms of moving forward with your life it's you know it, it is one of the most complicated relationships you you have with yourself is why and how you self sabotage so do you find yourself making great progress towards your goals only to reach a certain level of success and then boom there you are derailed and wondering why again that would be the self-sabotage we're talking about. It shows up at the worst possible times and leaves you, me, all of us feeling like we failed again. You know, there's that word. And we feel like we failed other people as well as ourselves. So the spiral into self-criticism is pretty much inevitable from there. And people use terms like I fell off the wagon when they stop following a diet, for example. Um They'll say that they've relapsed. You know, what, what do these words mean, though? And are they true? I disagree. I'm going to show you how that plans and systems fail and people don't. You are not the failure. It's the system that does that for you. So here's the early news. Your relationship with yourself has a lot to do with this, as I said, and more specifically, any pattern of self-sabotage is there because it's part of your identity. Wild, right? So no expert plan or foolproof system can overcome your belief in who and how you are. So here's the great news. Although it takes work, this is possible to overcome. You can change your story about who you are. You can change how you show up and how you are. You can change your identity to one that works for you. So I'm going to use my knowledge from human design. I'm going to use it from the basis of behavior change science, including all the aspects of psychology that I've worked on so far, to show you how that combines to help you move forward from self-sabotage, okay? Like I said, it's a hot topic and people will often go with mindset on this, but I'm gonna say mindset's not deep enough. It doesn't, it, it's the band-aid on the top. Mindset though moves with your day, right? It's hard to have a positive mindset if you're 
stuck in a rainstorm without an umbrella and you have an interview in 10 minutes and you're all dressed up and getting soaked. It's very difficult to go in there with a sort of rah-rah, I feel amazing mindset. But who you identify as is always with you, regardless of how, you know, your, your day is going. You still show up as who you are. So each of us has a self-sabotage story. And, you know, I'm the same as the rest of you. I have a few of them, really. But becoming an entrepreneur, going into your own business, you learn where all your self-sabotage lives. That's a fascinating journey because there's so much there that you didn't know you had. And it um, it can show up at the most unlikely moments. So learning where your triggers are and what they mean, where they came from, is, is a part of the self-sabotage journey. So did you know that your mind creates a map of the world? Now, your map of the world is not the same as my map of the world, of course, but this is part of where your self-sabotage begins. So let me explain that a little bit. I'm going to go into quantum mechanics just a little and mention waves and particles. This is something that you can look up. It's a fascinating subject, so be careful because you can dive pretty deep. But waves and particles basically say that this theory in physics says that anything is possible. All the possibilities are held in the universe. And the ones that you manifest, the ones that you bring into your existence are the ones you focus on. So if you think about it, you get to choose a large part of what happens in your day. And you choose it based on the stories that you bring with you. So think of your identity for a moment. And maybe if you can take out a pad and a pen um, or, or just, you know, tap it on your keyboard, whatever it's going to be for you. Not if you're driving. OK, <laughs> let's let's not have anybody doing these things while they're driving. Um, but how would you identify yourself? Are you um, do you identify yourself with societal models such as I'm a sister, a mother, uh, a daughter, uh, a coach, I'm a driver, I'm a diver, you know, like, do you use these kind of terms? Because if you find yourself writing those down or about to write them down, think about that for a moment. Who, who gave you those roles? Where did, where did those come from? And does it actually say anything about who you are? Because I'm here to tell you it doesn't. Everybody is somebody's son or daughter at some point in their lives. That's how we came to be here. So that doesn't really define you in any way, shape or form. If you're somebody's sister, OK, again, there are many, many people who fit that category. What defines you in your identity? And as you go to write those things down, think about that for a moment. And who told you that? Who told you that you were this type of person or that you were that type of person? Do you have stories about, I can't do math, I'm no good at that, or I can't do public speaking? I'd be terrible at public speaking. Well, that's that's a story that you have taken on board from somewhere and 
it chances are it's an experience you had in childhood and it could have been such a small experience such a tiny experience um, an example I'd love to give you actually is belongs to someone else, so I won't name them, but there was uh, a man who's very powerful in corporate business, you know, really successful, but he was struggling in the area of relationships. It was a complicated relationship. Now, why was that so complicated? What was happening for him? With some digging it turned out that he had some limiting beliefs that were causing some self-sabotage and how it was showing up was he he would sort of hold on too tightly, if you will. He, he was too clingy, um, really not giving anybody space. So what, 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 what did that mean? Where did that come from? And during conversation, he reached a point where suddenly a memory was triggered from when he was a little kid going around a zoo with his father and he told his dad 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 I want a balloon I want a balloon and his dad said nope you can't have a balloon you're going to let it go that's a waste of time you know I'll get you this statue thing and he said but I don't want that I want the balloon and he said no 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 you're not having the balloon you're going to let it go you'll lose it it's no good here have this statue so the child persisted he was about six years old you know very persistent stage he persisted and, and finally got his balloon and, you know, he, he carried it along. He was thrilled. He was so happy that he'd had this success. And then what do you think happened next? I'll bet you can guess. The next thing that happened was something caught his eye. He turned his attention and, yep, let go of the balloon. His dad was really upset and said, look, see, I told you you were going to do that told you you were going to lose that balloon. You have to hold on tightly. That dropped in for that six-year-old who was mortified that he'd lost the balloon. He was so upset that his dad was angry at him. And he did what all six-year-olds do. And he took that story and made it part of his identity, part of who he is. He understood from that, that in order to not lose things, you have to hold them tightly. Can you see where that would show up in a complicated relationship later on in life? That's what happened for him. And once he saw where that limiting belief came in, he was able to start doing some work on it during the coaching program and release that six-year-old from his, you know, very tough story of having to cling on to everything. And his wife was thrilled because, you know, their relationship could move forward and become much more functional. So thank goodness for learning about these little stories, right? So back to the map of the world, you focus on certain things and you bring them to you. So the a typical topic is the red car, right? You go out and buy a red car. I once bought a red Honda Fit and I named it Amy Pond, had a little license plate with Amy Pond because I'm a Doctor Who fan. And suddenly everywhere I went, there were not only Honda Fits, but they were red. My car was everywhere. And I don't think I'd ever seen that many before, not even a parking lot. So, you know, what was happening? Well, my mind was looking for more of what I was really excited about. And in this particular case, it was Amy Pond. It was my red car. So think about something and 
what are you now going to notice? You know, if I asked you to go out and look at how many trees have flowers on them, I don't know, you would probably start to notice that a whole lot of them do, or you'd notice how few do, but it would be something that you would now notice. You have more acuity in that regard. You're gonna see these things coming and really focus on them. It's also confirmation bias comes in at this point as well. And yes, that's a psychological term, but I think we've all heard it. It basically means if you think that you're having a bad day, for example, you are going to find things that show you that today is a lousy day. If you think you're gonna have an amazing day today, it's remarkable, but everything that you come across that day is great. You know, it's all so much fun and it proves that you're gonna have a good day. This, this is, it's confirmation bias. It's also, I'm gonna get technical just for a minute, really quickly, but your reticular activating system. It's the only time I'm throwing that at you, but it's this piece of your brain that says, oh, let's focus on this. She wants this. Let's focus on that some more. This piece is important. It will come up a few times because this is where you have a lot of self-sabotage coming in and you don't even realize it's there. I mean, that's how self-sabotage is so successful, right? Is that it can sneak in and before you know what's happening, oh no, this thing didn't work again. I'm on repeat. There's this pattern happening and I have no idea why it's it, it can be the most frustrating thing so I'm going to ask you a question to think about what are you choosing that doesn't serve you what are you including in your identity that doesn't serve you do you have a story about things that you can't do do you have a story about things that you have to do it must be this way, I've got to hold on tight, or I have to do this certain thing or it won't work. What stories do you have? I'd love for you to make a little note right now to think about this and see if anything comes up. Do you remember hearing something often when you were a child? This might've been at school, it may have come from friends or siblings, who knows where it came from, but is it something that stands out for you that, would show up now in a way that stops you from moving forward. That can be such a fascinating search. Don't sort of try too, too hard. Just let your brain run on it for a little bit and see what you come up with. I want you to keep that notepad close to you today and keep sort of checking in with it. Write down some notes when they come up, because this is going to be the start of a new and wonderful journey as you figure out how to overcome the self-sabotage you have. The first step is to recognizing it, to finding where it's hiding and to shining a light on it. There's no judgment involved in any of this, okay? There's no judgment, there's no focus on that's not fair, this is terrible. You know, We're not gonna do any of that stuff because as I'll explain after the break, this is the most unhelpful thing you can do, is focusing on the negative. So let's not focus on the negative, she says. You heard what I did there? And very soon we're gonna have a break. So while you're 
thinking about things, make a few notes, ask some questions. I love questions about this and it helps me to help you. I have a lot of things to share with you today. So uh, if you want to direct some of that, please do. And when we come back, we're going to look at how language matters. And yeah, let's have some fun with that. I'll see you after the break. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. You know, I crack myself up with that enthusiasm sometimes. It's just like, yeah. And, you know, there's a story right there. How about this for real time? Here I am thinking, okay, must not be late coming back from the break. I have all these things to say. I've got to share this stuff. And there's so much information. And whoop, and I jump in, right? (laughs) That's okay. It's not exactly self-sabotage, but, you know, it was a little trip up, right? And that came from how I was thinking and where my mind was going. I was just ready. I have to share all these things. So anyway, small real-time example. So I mentioned before the break that you have stories and I'd like you to try and remember or not try. Let's 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 just do like yoga, like Yoda says, there is no try. There is only do. Let's remember some stories that you have for a child and what stands in your way now. What what is limiting you from moving forward? What tells you that you can't do this thing? You get to choose a large part of what happens in your day. And you can choose the stories you tell yourself. So let's look at the language that you use and how you identify yourself and how a shift in your language can make so much of a difference. So your brain is listening to you. I've mentioned self-talk in the previous episode And it comes up now and then because we all do it, right? Our brains don't shut off. We're always telling ourselves things. We're we're like Morgan Freeman doing this little narration in our heads, only not necessarily as kind as he would be, right? Um, So that narration, is it full of what you can't do 
what's wrong about you? Is it all the negative stuff? Because there's a couple of things here. One is the brain doesn't hear negatives. So if you say something like, I don't want to be like my parents, right? Now, Generation X, there's a lot of that going on for Gen X. And and that's another story that I'm going to get into in a minute or two. But if you're looking at what you don't want, what you don't want to do, what you don't want to be, and you're focusing on that, the brain is hearing you, but it's not hearing the negative. It hears, want to be like my parents. I want to be like my parents. Okay, so how many times have you been in a situation where suddenly something comes out of your mouth and it's mortifying because it's exactly the thing that you would not want to say your parents said it or your caregiver said it and it's something that really bothered you right so you're so determined I'm not going to be like that I'm not going to say that the moment a stressful situation hits boom there it is coming out of your mouth why because your brain is hearing you but it doesn't hear the negative it's giving you what you ask for it's really nice that way it's trying to help you manifest the things you were creating with your words. Now work with me here. This isn't a, an esoteric thing. It, it really is what we do with our language. You speak something that you want, your brain hears you and says, remember that reticular activating system? It hears you and says, oh, okay, what are we gonna do to get that? What are we going to do to make that happen? And it will guide you into taking actions towards creating that thing you've named. So if you're naming, I don't want to do this, I don't want to be like that, guess what you're going to get a whole bucket load of? A whole lot of what you said you didn't want and you don't want to be like. So can you think of any instances where that has come up for you? Or do you know people who do this? They swore they'd never sound like their parents, and here they are, carbon copies. That's just an example, and I don't mean to give parents a hard time, but it's something that tends to be in common with all generations, right? The boomer generation didn't want to be like their parents who often suffered a lack, right? It was war years, and there was a lot of lack in their lives. So the boomer generation went to work so that that wouldn't happen, and and they focused on working, 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 both mother and father, where, and most families had both, I would say at that time. So they would both be working. Generation X got to raise themselves. Generation X is not very happy about being feral because, you know, you get a lot of what to do, but not a lot of how to do. And so the stories get mangled, right? And so from one generation to the next, there's the whole story of, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And we wonder why things aren't working. So I'm going to ask you to consider how can you change the words you're using? How can you change your self-identification to a positive version of you? So instead of saying what you don't want and looking behind you, what do you want? What are you working toward? Can you be specific? Because specificity is going to get you what you're looking for. If you're vague, your results are likely to be kind of vague, right? Again, the brain is just working with what you tell it. 
it doesn't have a judgment on this. It's not filtering for, hey, that's a great idea. I mean, if it did, there wouldn't be so many people saying, here, hold my beer, and then they go and do something silly. So, you know, that, that wouldn't be a feature so much, would it? The brain would step in and save you, but it doesn't, does it? <laughs> so the brain will give you what you tell it you want. So how how can you change your words to focus forward? Who do you want to be like? Do you have a hero? That could be an amazing place to start your focus, for example. What do you admire about your hero? What did they embody that you would like to embody? And it's not just a case of what you say. It goes deeper than that. But let's start with that. What would if you if you're a fan of Richard Branson, for example, and he's faced with this massive task and everybody's telling him, no, you can't do it. Think of the time he wanted to fly around the world in a hot air balloon. He was told he was crazy and it wouldn't work. He gave that big trademark smile of his and said, uh-huh, okay. And then he went and did it anyway. And actually he failed. The the thing crashed or something happened, it deflated, but and he wasn't injured, so that's fine. But, you know, he tried it um, and it didn't work. And guess what he did? This is where you ask yourself, what would Richard Branson do? Well, what he did in that situation, he didn't cry about it. He got up and said, aha, that was interesting. I'm going to do that differently next time. How do I do that? His questions were all about how do I make that happen? He didn't spend time on, I'm such an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. Now everybody thinks I'm silly. He, he didn't go with that narrative. Pretty sure he didn't. You know, I'm not in his head, but there are no signs in this man's environment that suggest he has that kind of conversation with himself. He, he just moves forward. He just accepts that sometimes things don't go how you'd like them to. And that can actually be a really cool part. But what is your story? Do you see uh, a mistake or um a failure to achieve something, I'm using these words that we tend to throw at ourselves, do you see that as something that's a stopping point? See, that's proof. I can't do it. That's not, I'm not cut out for that. That's not me. Do you see it that way? Or do you see it as, huh, that's interesting information. How do I do this differently? How, how am I going to make this work better next time? So which which is typically your narrative? And can you have more of the how do I do this now? What do I do next? You know, how, how can you work on that? I'm going to go into language more later. But for now, this is a, a pretty good place to roll with. So you're creating your environment when you speak, right? You are creating a lot of what's coming up in your day because your words become thoughts, become actions, right? So you're not going to take an action that you're not thinking about. Let's bring up procrastination just briefly. I'll get into that more after our next break. But just briefly, I want you to think about procrastination for a minute. What do you see procrastination as? Is it a failure on your part? to move forward with things and get them done? Is it a sign that you don't have the focus? Um, what other story might you tell yourself? You know, is it is it, do you go on repeat with, I can't do this? 
this this just isn't for me. I can't do it. Look, I still haven't done it. You know, the, the evidence sitting in front of you that the task hasn't been done is there. But what is it telling you? I would say if you think back to the human design that we talked about last week, or if you weren't here and didn't hear it, human design is going to give you a really good indication of what things are energetically correct for you to do. And therefore, you don't procrastinate because it's something you're in alignment with. Or if you're trying to do something that's not aligned for you, procrastination can be one of those signs that you need to rethink how you're doing this or what you're doing. Which would that be? Can you think of an example right now that would fit into this category? Because I would love to look into procrastination or procrastination a little bit more and, and see where that comes up for you. Because generally speaking, it's attached to limiting thinking. And this is what we're all about right now today on the Empowered, the Inspired Choices Network, Empowered. <laughs> and we're discussing navigating complicated relationships. And it's all about self-sabotage, which is the most complicated relationship you're going to have. And we are going to be pur purposeful. See, I, I can say some words and others I trip up. Ah. Be purposeful and precise with your words. When we come back after the break, we're going to make it really interesting to see how you can shift. And I want you to practice with it. I'll see you after the break. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back. I am delighted everybody's still here. Thank you so much for listening in. And if you have questions on what we've said so far, please bring them up. Please put them in the chat. I would love to hear what you think so far. Is everything resonating with you? Do you recognize what I'm talking about? Do you have examples? I love to have examples. It's, it helps me to work with you more directly. So 
in my coaching program, I use a lot of the human design, the positive psychology, behavior change science, in order to navigate through this particular complicated relationship. And we find the self-sabotage and the, the thread through your narrative, and we work on that. But first you have to recognize it. So that's the beginning point of any journey with self-sabotage. As I mentioned before the break, you have an oration in your head about what you can't do. We all have that. Generally speaking, it's from childhood, which is the time when you're going to absorb that into who you are and it becomes part of your identity. Your brain hears the words running through your head and it guides you towards what you are naming, right? The thing that you come up, I don't want to be in debt. I need to get rid of debt. Oh, man. Guess what's, guess what's coming your way right now? A whole lot of the thing you just named and didn't want, okay? So instead of saying something like, I have to get out of debt, can you hear how that sounds? That sounds like a world full of lack, okay? And if you think about it, you can't create from lack, Abundance is the place where you create from. We're going to get to that in a minute or two. But the place of lack, I have to get out of debt. All of that is sort of more forceful and it's what you have to not have. So you're going to end up with that. Now, how could you reframe that? I want to create, no, want is not the best word either. I am going to create abundance in my life. How is my best and highest action going to be? You know, what is my best and highest action going to be? That's, we can play with how the questions go and you can spend a surprising amount of time honing your question to be succinct, specific, and on point with what you want, not what you don't want. It is so crucial. So if you are moving away from something, like I mentioned before the break, I don't want to be like my parents, then your focus is behind you. It's on what was, all the things you didn't like, all those little quirks and, and the bigger things. And there's a laundry list, right? Like there's a long list of things that you don't, didn't like. And your focus is all there. Now, how, how can you move forward from that? If you think about it, you are so stuck. It's like running down the road, looking backwards and being surprised when you hit a lamppost. It's, it's going to happen because your focus is what you want to get away from. So let's move to what do you want to get to? What do, who do you want to be? Right? Like identity. Who are you being? For example, if someone says, I'm fat, okay, a key I want you to know here is when you use the words I am, whatever you follow with is your identity. It's how you're going to show up. So when a person says, I am fat, okay, a bunch of behaviors are going to come up that will keep you in that place, will reinforce that statement. So the donut is going to look infinitely more enticing than those sticks of celery. I mean, that's a no brainer, right? But 
If you identify as someone who eats healthy food and gets their greens in every day, then you might not even consider the donut on your radar. You'll just look for the celery because that's something you have now. You know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I, I need to have my uh, celery and green leaf juice, you know, something like that. But who you identify as, who you think you are, is what you're going to do and you'll have more of it. So I know I keep repeating this, but it needs to land differently for different people. So I think it can't be said enough because we spend so much time focusing on mindset. A mindset is it's a bit like a leaf in the wind, you know? You can't really control it all the time, and then it becomes another source of something to beat yourself with. You know, oh, no, my mindset's not good today. Now everything's going to fall down. Oh, did you hear what just happened? <laughs> that language came up again. That's the problem, not the mindset. It's it's the direction you're looking in. So when you when you have this place of, well, I'm fat, and so that's going to lead to overeating, how can you change that? What, first of all, let's identify it a little bit. Why are you fat? What what does it help you with? How does it serve you? The, the behaviors that we have are always serving us. So is it keeping you safe? Is it keeping you hidden? Is it something your mother always said that a fat child is a healthy child? Actually, mine said that and she was skinny. But, you know, <laughs> is it is it a story like that that you have in your mind? There are certain cultures where this is desirable. So what is it? What's the benefit? And then what's the risk of change? Now, that part is usually the bigger part of the two. What's the risk of change? Are you going to be more visible? Are you afraid that you might fall off the wagon? Remember, I mentioned that earlier. I got to tell you, any, any good nutrition coach is going to tell you diets are not made for success. Diets are made to make money. People eat whole food where they can find it and they're going to be healthier with it. But a lot of our food is adulterated. And that is a whole other soapbox. I'll get there another day. So let me get back on track with this one, because that literally could take me away for an hour. So the risk of change. What what are you afraid of happening? Is it just that you don't like clothes shopping or are you afraid somebody won't love you as much? Um, what does it mean about you? So those, these are all questions. I hope your notepad is filling up right now because the stages of recognition are crucial to your success. You have to know why you're self-sabotaging and in what areas in order to identify it and clear it. And now just for fun, I'd like to switch tactic a little and say, what area of your life are you doing wonderfully in? What are you really good at? And everybody has something. So anyone that's telling me there's nothing, I need to have a little conversation with you. We'll have a reality check because everybody has something they're brilliant at. Now, how could you take what you do there, how you show up there, how could you take that and move that to the areas where you're stuck or where you self-sabotage? How could you repurpose that? Because you are brilliant at something. What happens? What, what's the sequence when you're doing that brilliant thing? 
I'd love you to think about that and write it down too. You're going to have a pad full of notes by the end of today and I am not sad. So let's, <laughs> you know, let's get that stuff written out and identified. Now, another question for you. Well, I'm full of questions for you because I don't have that many questions coming up in my chat box. So I'll throw them at you instead. So if you opted for curiosity, whenever resistance comes up, how would that be different? See, I'm being curious. It's if, if you feel a resistance, could you ask yourself about it? Non-judgmentally, right? Like an observer, as though I'm looking at you and I'm asking the question, can you do that for yourself? That would be such a an enlightening path to take, I would say, because really, what, why is that resistance coming up? What's my feeling with this? What story came up with it? Are any of these things conscious for you? It's it's a, a place for you to, you know, if the more traction you can get there, the better it will be because that one switch from resistance to curiosity changes the energy you bring to the situation. One is a shutdown energy of mm -mm, no, can't do this. And the other one is, oh, but what if I could? What would that look like? Now think about that. What would it look like if you could do it? What would you need to do in order to achieve that thing that you keep self-sabotaging on? You know, what, what's the trigger? What's the point that you reach in the process where everything falls apart? Get really curious about that because that's the, the little piece in the SpaceX rocket that failed and blew up the whole rocket, you know, and Elon Musk gets all excited about it and wants to figure out what happened. What's your little mechanical piece that went wrong? What is that? Identify it. Let's have a look. Now, another huge part. Okay, this is this is massive. Taking ownership of where you are, your situation, your space on this planet, like take ownership of all that you are, because from that place, there's power. If you're a person who blames other people or blames their circumstances, blames situations, I have to tell you, every time you do that blame thing, you are handing over your power and saying, you know what, I don't want this, you have it. I'm not gonna take any action. You cannot take action if you're blaming somebody else or something else for where you are. That's, that's Blame has never done anything useful in the history of its existence. If you accept blame from someone else, I'll tell you what that does. It takes away your power because you're so busy beating yourself up for this thing you've been blamed for, you can't take action. So the blamer and the blamee, I'm not sure if that's correct in the English language, but we'll play with it. You know, those people are, are now stuck in this narrative. Like you are so stuck, right? Because you, you've just given your power away and said, well, it's not my fault. It's not on me. I can't do it, right? How about we take the word fault out and we just say, hey, this is something I can fix. This is something I can work on. What will I do with this? You know, how cool would that be? I can tell you now, blame is in your way if you use it at all. That is one of the first limiting factors that you can see and get rid of. So how do you notice it? If reasons and excuses start to come up in your conversation or in your self-narrative, 
Okay, every reason, every excuse, every single one of those things is you shuffling off your power. So how about after the break, we look at this in more detail and we learn how to not shuffle off the power, right? Because that is such a a huge piece of what's going on for you. So just to recap, right? Your consciousness, your, your mind, your brain is going to give you what you're asking for, right? So you may have a disagreement happening between what you say you want and what your story is underneath, right? And that is where procrastination can come up as well. If you have that disagreement happening, how can you move forward from there? There's there's a place of incongruence, and that is wildly unhelpful. Let me tell you, human design can help you with this. It can uncover who you are and how you are, and that is a pathway for you to get away from the self-sabotage and into the self-success. I'm going to get into this in more detail after the break. I am so glad you're here with me. Thank you very much. See you shortly. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm delighted that you're here. Thank you for joining me again. I'd just like to mention I am your host, Mickey Gaffin-Stone, here on the Inspired Choices Network, and the show is Navigating Complicated Relationships. Today, we're covering one of the most complicated relationships we have, which is our relationship with self-sabotage, our stories about ourselves. Now, if you'd like to contact me, you can contact me by email very happily, Mickey at gaffinstone.com. And that is M-I-K-K-I, Gaffin, G-A-F-F-E-N, stone, like a rock, dot com. And I will respond to your emails or check out my website. It's my virtual home, my happy space. And that is www.gaffinstone.com. Same spelling, G-A-F-F-E-N-S-T-O-N-E.com. There are human design readings that you can get there. And well, you can't get them there. You can book them there. What you can get there is your human design chart. And that is free for you to create. You can download it. And when you download it, you'll have hyperlinks come up that you click on each one. They're orange, if I remember correctly. And you click on the hyperlink and that will take you to more information about your chart so that you can get an idea of what is this thing? Because it looks complicated. It looks complicated because it is. But you don't have to worry about that. I can explain it for you. I can help you navigate. And I would love to see you. So either book a call 
or book a reading, check out my website anyway. It's a fun space. There's a lot of cool things. And if you look at the resources page, you're going to find some free ebooks. They're all good fun. So before the break, we were talking about what area of your life are you particularly successful at? And how could you take the skills that you use in that area of life and use them in the places where you feel more stuck? How can you change your language from what you can't do to what you can do, what you want, and leave behind the things that are in the negative? Because your brain hears what you're telling it and believes that you want that thing. So if you're talking about getting out of debt, you need to change that narrative pretty fast to what do you want? And how much do you want? When do you want it by? And could it be sooner? You know, the specificity of how you're going to say this is key to finding the ways to bring in what you want. Your thoughts are going to create your actions and your actions are what get you your results. So that's where we're going to play and hopefully make a big difference in how you navigate your complicated relationship with self-sabotage. Blame, just to recap again, because this cannot be said enough, blame gets in your way. You give away your power every time you blame someone else and you accept a loss of power every time you accept the blame from someone else. You can't take good action from that space. So let's move forward. And before I jump into the next piece, I just want to mention next week is another complicated relationship coming up. This is reconnecting in relationships. And I'll tell you much more about that next week. There's so many things I have for you today. I don't know that we're going to get through them all, honestly, but we'll give it a go. So another thing, when you're writing down goals, have you done goals and affirmations and all that kind of thing? Because let me tell you, if you're an affirmation person, if you're saying things that you don't fully believe and you're not working to embody, then it's so much hot air and it's very confusing for your brain because this is not particularly congruent, right? It's it, it, You're not saying anything that you mean. I could say like, hey, I'm a rock star and I'm going to get on the stage with Black Sabbath next week. It doesn't mean a thing. I'm none of those things and that's not going to happen. And I don't believe it. So I'm not going to take any action to make it happen, right? So the affirmations are only useful if you're already there. Affirmation means you're affirming that you're already doing the thing. We tend to misuse those sometimes. The other thing when you're writing down your list of things that you want, your goals, do you sometimes put things like, I want to be happy? Um, I want to be content. These kind of things, we often put them down, you know, the pursuit of happiness. But guess what? Happiness isn't a goal. <laughs> it's, it's totally not a goal. Happiness is a state. It's a state of being. And you can choose that right now. You have full choice over your state, your state of mind. You have a choice of how you are going to move forward with that. A goal is something that you need to work toward, and that takes time. And that's the big difference between a state of being and a goal. 
the one takes time and the other one takes no time at all. You can decide right now, a practice of gratitude or appreciation, however you want to term it, really helps to get you in that state of happiness. If you can look around you and name five things right now that you're really grateful for or appreciative of, that sets your mind looking for more things. What else am I happy about? What else is great? Like, what what, what else can I write down? I need another five things. Now your mind is looking for the great things, right? And your state is moving toward happiness. You're doing it right now in the moment. Your goal, now be sure that you want what you're stating as your goal. Are you clear on that? And if you're not, well, that's that's a place to stop and think, right? Because if you're not clear about your goal, how do you hope to attain it? And that can be something that in a coaching practice, you can sit down, like this is what I do with my clients. We work through what exactly do you want? What is that going to look like? Way before we ever work out how to get there. You need to know what's on the horizon. Like if if you want to go to Hawaii, then you know where your destination is and the plane knows which way to fly. If you don't know where you want to land, you might run out of fuel before you get there. And that's a bad scenario, right? So clarity and focus on your goals is something that is, is only going to help you get toward them quicker, right? But forget putting happiness down as a goal. It is a state and you can choose that today. I would love for you to choose that today. And I would love for you to send me a message. You can find me on Facebook, on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all of the uh, Instagram, Pinterest. You can find me, Mickey Gaffinstone. Send me a message and let me know, how is this landing for you? What works right away for you? And what do you still have questions about? I would love to know this. I love to have the questions. It gives me more information on what to work with for you. And remember, next week we're doing reconnecting in relationships. That does not necessarily mean relationships that are broken fully apart. It can mean many things because, well, it's complicated, right? So I want to give you a tool to use before we go. If you're getting in a state that you don't want, you're, you're all upset, before you start shifting that state with gratitude or with appreciation, shake it all out. Shake it all out. Do a reset, right? Give it a good shake. People might think you're weird, but that's okay. Give it a good shake and just deep breaths. Deep breaths. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationship Show. Mickey returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey. And with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.